All right, it's 13 after 10. Let's get straight into our conversation then. Let me invite on the line this morning, and we're turning our attention to the role of young people on the continent, and in particular, uh, we'll be paying attention to this letter that has been written uh, to the African Union heads of states and and governments. Uh, Tobeka Dodo is a healthcare professional in KwaZulu-Natal and is also on the board of the South African Christian Leaders Initiative. Tobeka, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Let me welcome next Rachel Wambui, and she is um, an advocate of the High Court of Kenya. Rachel, good morning. Good morning, Kirsty. Hi, it's a pleasure to have you on. And last but certainly not least, let me invite Willis Oyango, who is an executive director at the Youth Cafe. Willis, good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to join. Oh, fantastic. All right. So we've got all three of our guests on the line. I suppose a a basic place to start it, right, would be what brings all of you together? Um, And, you know, what what is the kind of work that you have been doing collectively in trying to ensure that the voices of young people on this continent are are not ignored? Uh, Tobeka, let me begin with you. Thank you for having me. Um, Firstly, we have a group of young people that came together from around the continent. We wrote this letter because we said the future of young people is not tomorrow, but it is now. So we need to take a stand and fight for the things that we believe should be done for young people than expect someone else to do things for us. So that is the purpose of our gathering as these young people from all over the world. We do our different initiatives in the different countries that we are based in. Like, for instance, I'm in KwaZulu-Natal in Durban. I work with young people from uh, different um, different organizations, different communities and different um churches. We do environmental work. Uh, I'm also involved in the gender-based violence. I'm an advocate of youth empowerment. So I'd like to see young people active and young people taking space so that they do not face themselves with uh, illnesses of mental health. Thank you. All right. And Rachel? Uh, Thank you, Kirsty. What brings us together? I think we are a bunch of very passionate young people who have realized that, uh, as Rebecca has said, that our future is now. We have been constantly told that we are the leaders of tomorrow, but clearly we are the leaders of today. And so we need our voice to be heard by our leaders and the other people who are in positions of influence. We are also passionate about different things. I would give an example of myself. I practice law in the High Court of Kenya. I am passionate about administration of justice and the rule of law being upheld, something that we are struggling as a continent in the different nations that we are in. And so we came together because we realized that our voice needs to be heard. We have issues and uh, opportunities. We have different issues in our countries that are very similar uh, when we come together as an African and so we decided to come together, hold hands, and forge forward in making our concerns raised and acting on those concerns, Kathy. 
And and Willis, I know that you're not necessarily part of the group of those who have written this this letter, but you do a lot of work with young people and in the advocacy space anyway. So perhaps you also just want to weigh in. Uh, yes, uh, yes I'm actually one of the people. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry about that, Rachel. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, I was just handing over to, to Willis. Willis, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even though we were not um, involved in authoring this uh, letter, we find um, very close um, course with it. Uh, I'm the executive director at the youth, uh, a youth non-profit um, organization based out of Nairobi, but with a reach in 22 countries in Africa where we have um, active on-site projects of those. We were founded in the year 2012, um, and our strategy to date has been to look at the current youth bulge in the continent as an opportunity for development and for growth. Um, To date, we uh, are glad to have reached over 1.6 million young men and women across the continent with our programming. And um, um, we, of course, do this that youth participation and empowerment of young people uh, will help to build stronger community, a brighter future, um, um, and as such, um, this powers our mission to, mm-hmm. to model and advance youth-led approaches towards sustainable development. Uh, and Willis, I'm going to ask you just to try and, and speak a little bit louder and speak directly, you know, into your handset if that's what you're using because uh, we're losing you a bit on, on this line. In fact, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and then I'm back with all of your panelists after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Want to win a thousand rand cash in 15 minutes with Scheme Sum? From the 14th of December to the 1st of January, Scheme Sum, in association with SABC Education, will be giving away a thousand rand every night. All you have to do is watch Scheme Sum on SABC One at 6:30 p.m. That's weekdays. Look out for a unique question on the at Scheme Sum Three official Twitter page at 7 p.m. and send us a direct message with the correct answer. Hashtag Know Your Scheme Sum. T's and C's apply. SABC Education: Enriching Minds, Enriching Lives. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We're speaking to um, young people on the continent. They've written a letter to African Union heads of state and governments. And in particular, they're calling for a progress in terms of what they're seeing in their own lives. And I want us to get into the details of this letter uh, that expresses perhaps where young people feel that they are at this current point in the la- in their lives you'd remember that the mo ibrahim foundation does a number of reports on the conf- on on the continent one of them is the 2019 ibrahim forum report and it's called the weighthood now it's described over 226 million young africans as being stuck in the period of their lives where they are effectively waiting uh, Tobeka, perhaps let me bring you in here 
here and Describe what this weighthood is that you say you affirm what the findings of this report are and you feel that young people on this continent are stuck in that place. Yes. Um, it's firstly, it's explained by the points that we have highlighted in the letter. Firstly, it's reprioritization of young people. It's safeguarding the future of young people by maybe having a fund, a fund, that is allocated for young people, then it's the education that we receive and also the unfair uh, and unjust ways in which our uh, heads of states or policing have been using young people in places like Kenya, Nigeria, um, even um, even uh, even Uganda, to use young people as as arms in terms of when there's wars or perpetrating a certain, a certain message. What we are saying here, especially in South Africa, in South Africa we need a reprioritization. I'm just going to point more on South Africa on two points. It's the reprioritization of young people and also in education. The education that we are receiving at the moment, it's education that is not allowing young people to critically think and also be employable. I'll make an example. There's a young person that I know who has an engineering degree, but he is unemployed. He hasn't been in, uh, he's been unemployed for the past Three years Now, to my understanding, I grew up knowing if you've got an engineering degree or any degree that is practical, in fact, any uh, qualification that is practical, you are very employable. So many engineers are needed in South Africa. But this particular young person is unemployed and he has resorted to driving Ubers instead of following his, his dreams. Now, it is these sort of things that we need to reprioritize and look at why is it not equal that if 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 an institution has trained because government needs to look at if an institution has has trained a certain number of students and they have graduated in whether it's a certificate a diploma or a degree then what means are made in order for that young person or that group of young people who qualified that year to be able to be employed mm-hmm. it's really about you know the message of of saying yes while it's a great achievement for one to be able to be in school and get a qualification what is the opportunity that is available to those young graduates once they are done and i think it's a a big question uh, that the country has not yet dealt with, at least not extensively enough. Rachel, let me bring you in here and talk about opportunities on the continent. Do you believe that young people are being denied opportunities for development? And if the answer is yes, in what ways is this happening? Uh, emphatic, an emphatic yes, that uh, the young people are being denied opportunities, economic opportunities, um, employment opportunities in the continent at large. I was speaking with my friends in South Africa, and it was quite fascinating how um, the problems that are in Kenya for the young people are very similar to those in South Africa. So yes, we are being denied opportunities. Um, to pick up the skills that we have, to put them into practice, whatever it is that we studied in school, it becomes very difficult. Um, the other question when it comes to 
what then should we do if we have been denied these opportunities and what opportunities then are there? I'll give you an example, Kathy. Um, Kenya has the, the Kenyan population, 75 of the Kenyan population is actually young people. Young people, the youth, as is defined by the Constitution of Kenya, Article 260, are people who are aged between 18 and 35 years. Now, these are people who have time. These are people who are very energetic. These are people who can put into use their creativity, the skills that they have acquired in school. And so we have the opportunities are not just limited to white-collar jobs. We have opportunities that we can look into, say, act. Uh, but then despite the fact that we do not have the uh, support that we should be getting from our institutions and from our government, these opportunities are there. And we are calling our leaders to ensure that the young people who get to be the greatest percentage in the African continent. The Ibrahim Forum report, like you said, stated that over 226 million and counting are people who are young in Africa. And so it's up to the leaders and ourselves to be motivated and inspired to pick up these opportunities to ensure that our, our, our Africa, our beloved Africa, gets to be the place where we want it to be, Kathy. Willis, why do you think that the inclusion of young people is not happening at the rate that it needs to be? But there also seems to be that it, it also seems rather that African governments are not holding up to their end of commitments, especially when we look at something like the African Youth Charter, right? This is something that has been adopted and supported by the African Union and all those that are part of it um, at least say that they're working towards inclusion of, of young people within their local economies. Why is this not happening? Uh, thanks, Catherine. I think, uh, to me, uh, inclusion uh, is local. Inclusion is an entirely a local function. What we have seen with the Africa Youth Charter um, is uh, almost to work counter to the principles of inclusion. We, have, we don't even have the whole African countries ratify uh, the charter itself. And where it has been ratified, the implementation of that very uh, charter has been um, uh, very weak, uh, not tracked, not evaluated. So right now it is very hard to know to what extent the charter has gone towards meeting its founding uh, objectives. And this is for, for various reasons. First of all, the political context, of course, in Africa is different. What um, um, is, uh, you know, would be acceptable in the eastern or in the western or in the southern or in the northern Africa is vastly different. And if you have one charter as a rallying document at the continental level, and it is not reflected at the very local level, in Kenya, for example, we even have county government. If you ask any young person in any county whether they have even heard of the Africa Youth uh, Charter, I, I don't think that a majority of young people are even uh, aware of the existence of this, of, of this charter. But most importantly, the resources that would be required to meet the objectives um, uh, of this charter are nowhere to be seen. I've not seen um, this charter backed up by, for example, a location of funds to make sure that some of its tenets and principles are met, particularly at the local levels where the inclusion of young people is desperately needed. 
And if we have, if we need um, uh, 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 the, the, the charter to, you know, to be alive, mm. um, um, and, and you know, to to, uh, to to address some of these uh, issues illustrated in, for example, the Witchwood report, it has to be owned locally. It has to be domesticated, and most importantly, there we have to see synergies between the charter itself and very many youth policies that are already existing at national level, at local level. There is a lot of working at cross purposes where we have a lot of policies both at regional and at local levels, and they don't speak to each other. We need a more coherent uh, uh, approach towards um, uh, the implementation and the factors of the charter. We're going to continue our conversation. It's 10.30 rather. Uh, First, I'm going to kick off with the headlines. And when I come back, I'll be taking your calls on this matter. Zolega, good morning. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're looking at the issue of youth participation and inclusion on the African continent and young people writing a letter to the African Union heads of states and governments urging them to ensure that young people are not just accommodated but that they are prioritized in their plans and uh, also reflecting then on the African Youth Charter of the African Union and whether or not um, countries are actually living up to some of the commitments that they have made in that charter. Uh, on the line, if you want to be part of this conversation, the number to dial today is 011-714-2006. The SMS line is 41391. On WhatsApp, 614 On Twitter, it's at SFM Radio. And the hashtag there is SFM Talking Point. And, uh, you know, young people in their letter basically referencing that uh, Ibrahim Forum report of 2019, which has labeled the majority of young people on the continent being in a state of weighthood. So effectively uh, not being old enough to be entrusted with anything significant to do, but at the same time, um, having I suppose outgrown certain phases of their lives. They're out of school, they've obtained qualifications, but the reality is that the, the level of opportunity that is made available to them is quite limited. We're talking to Tobega Dodo, who is a healthcare professional based in KZN and also on the board of the South African Christian Leaders Initiative. Rachel Wambui is an advocate of the High Court of Kenya and Willis Onyango is the executive director at the Youth Lab. Let me go to Hale in Johannesburg. Uh, Hale, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, uh, but you, you can just correct me there if I've gotten it wrong. Good morning. Thank you, my sister. You call me Haile. Haile. Uh, okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, look, Africa is a very dynamic potential continent. Eh? The ge- young generation of Africa is today. We understood what is going in Africa. Who owns Africa? We Africans from Cape to Cairo, we live in our continent like a tenant. Who benefit with our resource? The Europeans, American, British, and the so Chinese called many, they benefit with our resource. My main dream is like Gaddafi Mamadi stand to unite Africa. He was killed because of his noble idea. So what the new generation must implement the idea of Muhammad Gaddafi, we need to unite our continent regardless of the race, gender, color, and the religion. So once we unite, 
we can protect our human resource and the natural resource in Africa. The Americans and the Europeans, they say Africa is their plowing field for their children, but African children is living on the top of the top of the precious minerals, they are starving and living in a disastrous condition. Because of our African leaders, currently, they couldn't understand how to rule Africa and how to protect Africa. Because they are exploiting Africa and they are exposing Africa to the exploiters of those Europeans to exploit us. Are you with me? I'm with you, Haile. I'm with you. Let me tell you, just the last point. Mm. They let us, they are exposing us, those to exploit us. If you are in, not in control of your country and your resource, let me tell you, if you know the geography, you stand, I know the world, map, each and every nation in the globe. When I see the Great Britain, a very small little country in Europe, they say they are Great Britain. When I see the size of the Renaissance Dam of Africa in Ethiopia, equivalent to the size of the London city. But now they call, they preach, we are the great nation. We Africans, they expose us to feel undermined, inferior. Why do we cannot think of the great Africa? Why do we cannot think of uniting our new generation? This is enough, is enough. What is the value of dollar equivalent to platinum or gold? The dollar is the money, but the platinum and the gold is rubbish when in terms of the exchange market. So that is why they are exploiting us technically, systematically, so this must be stopped and enough is enough. But there is no one single African leader who can stand and say no. All of them, sorry, all of them are indebted with the debt, except Turkey, only one country in this country within this world without debt. Let me tell you, in the world bank IMF, they get money from the Swiss bank. The Swiss bank is all African leaders. They deposit money there. They steal from Africa. Africa become poor. The same African money, the World Bank and the IMF, they borrow. Because of the borrowingness of that money, they shut up their mouth. They cannot defend or protect Africa. So as a new generation, we need to unite Africa, mm-hmm. protect our resource. Enough is enough. We are not poor. We are not poor generation. We are the richest generation. So I want us to be united as African generation. My dream is to unite Africa under one leadership. Thank you, my dear. All right, Tyler. Thank you so much. A very passionate uh, comments there coming through from Haile in Johannesburg. Uh, Romeo and KZN, good morning. Good morning. How are you, all of you? I'm well, thanks, Romeo. And I think uh, my guests are okay. You can go for it. Okay. Much of what I wanted to say has been already mentioned by the previous caller. But what I thought I should also add on top of what you said. I would want to urge our young youth to start by uniting very strongly and vocally mm-hmm. when it comes to the issue of democracy and corruption. Corruption is part of a disease that is also causing African young people to suffer a lot to an extent that even the investors, those who wanted to invest in any country within the continent, they are beginning to fear due to the fact of human violation of their rights and the corruption. Those pandemics 
should be eradicated with immediate effect. In actual fact, in the charter of the OAU, I mean AU now is youth, you must advocate on the issue of on the international relations, especially when it comes to trade. Why don't you bring those who who have got the appetite of taking all these resources to their countries to develop their countries and uh, creating many jobs for their uh, children, uh, generation to generation. And to stop it and to say, guys, you need to come here with your manufacturing and everything, do everything here, so that this would be benefiting our children, because we shall keep on talking about youth of tomorrow, youth of tomorrow, youth of tomorrow, I don't know until when. Mm-hmm. So that is my emphasis. Could you please stand up right now, united, strong as a rock. You stand as a rock like our, our leaders used to do long time during the liberation struggle. They were united uh, to help each other to liberate all this country that today we are enjoying. Although part of the country is a mess. Mm-hmm. But I believe now if you're united, you remain united with one voice. I understand that you are going to achieve. And if part of us, some of us, we are going to support you, especially when it comes to the issue of corruption, the issue of women violation. We need to respect one another as Africans and okay. unite Africans together as one. Thank you very much. All right, Romeo. Thank, thanks for calling in. Romeo out in KZN. We'll pause it there uh, with some of the calls. You can also get in touch with us on 011-714-2006. I want to pick up on the issue of unity and in particular, what being united, especially as young people on the continent, what that could potentially do in terms of strengthening the voices of young people. Because we know that often there are different organizations that do different things. But um, is, is it easy, you think, to uh, to work together as young people uh, across some of these organizational divides? Some young people are involved in politics more than anything. And so when it comes to issues of, of, of activism that benefit everyone in general and are not through a particular political um, prism, then it, it limits the extent to which they, they want to get involved. Uh, Tobika, let me begin with you. All right. Uh, it seems that we've lost Tobika on the line. We'll try and call her back. But Rachel, maybe you can weigh in on the issue of unity. Kathy, uh, you see that it's not easy, and I am tempted to ask, what good thing comes easy? Absolutely nothing. There's nothing good that comes easy. So we, for example, as we were coming up to write this letter to our leaders, we were young people from different countries in this continent, from mm-hmm. Nigeria, from Kenya, Zambia, Uganda, South Africa, Malawi, you know, and we all do different things. But we have realized that, as Romeo has said, that our time is now. The young people to need is now. And so we desire to be united. We are very, uh, we have made up our minds that we need one Africa. We need to stand firm, hold hands, because in, in unity, in us coming together, joining hands and saying, this is our issue, our leaders need to hear us, this is how we are providing solutions, this is how we need to be listened to, we have one voice, 
then it ensures that we get to progress. And we have very many ambitions. We have many dreams. And this weighthood period is just a fantasy for us to keep being um, placed in the same place where we are told, wait for tomorrow, wait for mm. tomorrow. Mm. And, 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 and Kathy, it's actually true that we need to be united and we are ready for it. This is now us as African youth coming out and saying, we may not have been led the right way, but we are desiring and we have decided that from now onwards, we will be united. And so we are asking our, our politicians, we are asking our leaders to join hands and realize that we need to move forward as one Africa. Mm. Willis, I, I don't know if you want to weigh in on this particular issue. Uh, yes, absolutely, Kathy. Um, mm. The question of um, unity has always been lingering in Africa since... Um, uh, its founding, you remember the Organization of Africa Uni- Unity and what is currently the African Union. The founding fathers already um, identified unity as a key component pillar in terms of achieving Africa's uh, set objectives and moving from um, a, a path of growth that is desired for everyone. Now, this is manifested differently in, um, in the current situation. A majority of young people um, mm. find really common causes across countries. And to be practical, too, there are certain key challenges that cannot be, cannot be addressed by an isolated cohort of young people in a mm. particular country or region alone. Many times we see and we find progress when we come together. You've seen when uh, the police violence, acts of violence method in, uh, by the Nigerian youth, how young people from the rest of the continent came together to condemn mm. Mm. Uh, this specific act. We are seeing what is happening with Bobby Wine, a young presidential candidate out of, in, from Uganda, uh, trying to challenge power, but also to use democratic spaces to contest for elections. And the kind of rallying of, 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 of young people that, that have gathered in Uganda and, 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 and beyond. So there are certain uh, key um, uh, issues that, as young people, we cannot confront alone. We can only achieve um, uh, power and achieve, you know, make a dent um, uh, on, on them when we come together. And, of course, yes, the modern African youth, is uh, of course creative, modern, um, uh, pursue, uh, pursues unity as mm. compared to the older generation, and this is a path that I think we we, we should more uh, 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 go towards. Willis, I want to pick up on a theme that that comes out of just the answer that you've given, and that's the use of violence, right? Uh, Where when it comes to young people being able to express their voice and being able to actively take on uh, what would be the governments of their day in their respective countries. Why do you think it is that that picture, the scenario is not changing? And there are lots of examples of this that we can cite from different countries where when young people rise up, instead of being heard to and listened to, the response of the state is often to clamp down on those protests, to clamp down and to, to want to silence some of those voices? I mean, um, many of our current uh, power holders look at young people as a threat rather than an, an, an opportunity and a creative, creative source of energy to tap into, which is very unfortunate because 
if we are in a country and a region, we need to look at all our assets that we have at mm. our disposal. And mm. the key to those assets are young people. Let young people be viewed as assets for growth of our country, assets for political stability, and not use uh, this demographic uh, to, 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 you know, to perpetrate even violence and to cause chaos and mayhem in a fragile democracy. So I think it will ha- have to start with a recognition from the power, powers that be at the moment that, the, first of all, the median age of Africa is 19 years. So it, seems, it, it mm. means we are a young continent in spirit and in letter. We cannot run away from that. And secondly, recognize that young people are extremely uh, talented group, especially the young person of the 21st century, the young person of the year 2020. And this creative and reservoir of resource can only be channeled in productive use to build our, 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 our economies nationally and to create a sense of stability in our region and not to, you, to, to view them as threats, to give them also spaces where they can easily express themselves. What we see is, uh, you know, young people are hungry. They, they are angry. They cannot access opportunity. And this boils over a, a long period of time mm. such that the only left means of self-expression is through um, um, uh, other orthodox means like taking into arms or, you know, uh, just uh, uh, using violence to express themselves. This is not the desire of many young people. Young people are peaceful. Young people want to be heard, and young people want to be given access to levers of political and economic opportunities in our country. Okay, we're going to pause it there. Uh, I'm going to be back with more calls after this. Uh, let's take a quick break. It's action, thriller, horror, comedy, fantasy, sci-fi, sports, adventure, and drama. We have all this December in our Sunday's movie offerings. Catch our Sunday night movies, Dreamgirls on the 6th, Cadillac Records on the 13th, and Sparkle on the 20th of December at 9 p.m. Only on SABC1. Nominee this summer, we move. On SAFM. We're taking a look at the issue of youth participation on the continent. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the young people that we've had on the show really showing, uh, expressing how things can be different. And I suppose the consequences of governments on the continent not being intentional about creating development opportunities for young people uh, in order to, to ensure that they too have a, a, a future, at least a better future, that's guaranteed for them. Let me take some final calls on this issue. Mandisa, in current park. Mandisa, hello. Hi, Mandisa. Hi, Kathy. I can hear you. Okay. Hi. Go for it. Where is current park, Mandisa? In Pretoria, current park. Okay. Current park. Oh, okay. Sure. Go for yes. it. Yes. Yes. I support this youth unit thing 100%. Mm. Firstly, they are a fresh blood, which fresh, which fresh ideas that they have, they can make a difference. Firstly, there are burning issues that have been ignored many times, things that could develop our African economy. Mm-hmm. Example, 
the natural resources each and every country in africa must own its natural resources and generate cash to develop its economy rather than the natural resources being owned by foreigners and secondly the other thing that needs to be addressed by the youth that i wish them luck it's the issue of our currency our african currency is always you know gauged through the european currencies we need to have our own one common currency as africa and we must trade amongst ourselves with that same currency the ones who come and buy our natural resources they must get them being ready-made and then they buy and go rather than taking our natural resources go and prepare them and come and sell to sell them to us expensively so you know we need a youth with a vision we need to develop africa actually africa must belong to africans we have to generate cash we've got natural resources in abundance thank you all right mandisa thanks for that call uh, magdalene and bloemfontein very briefly go for it yes i'll do so Kathy. thank you morning and everyone mm. uh, Kathy, the first and foremost thing that we need to do is to respect the laws and regulations of a country you can't come to uh, a, a foreign country and then you want to take advantage of the situation rather than respecting the regulations there's no country without a regulation so the most important thing is that it starts with our leadership to respect our own uh, continent or country regulation and then it will go to the youth because the youth take exemplary from whom is a, a, a representative mm. or a model, role model in front of you. Mm. You will do exactly what that person is doing. So the most important thing is that our youth need to be uh, to be enlightened of rules and regulations of our own country so that they teach other foreign, foreigners who are coming into South Africa with the very same thing so that uh, we, we don't go with destruction because destruction comes from the person who doesn't go along with the rules and regulations that's the most important thing okay magdalene all right thanks Bye. thanks for that view magdalene i suppose um the point that magdalene is raising is that a lot of african leaders don't respect their 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 own rule their own rule of law and therefore um there shouldn't be an expectation that young people will do the same uh, i'm going to get the closing remarks from our panelists uh, today the hour has completely flown by uh, Tomek, i'm going to begin with you if you can uh, just wrap it up in a minute for me and you can also refer on some of the things that have been raised by our listeners today. Thanks, Cassie. Um, you know, it's, it's very important that we are united as African countries because this continent belongs to us and no one else. And I think the biggest problem that maybe there is is that there's a lack of vision that drives the t- a tomorrow that we must all see. And there's no need for fear from our leaders to say they are fearful of the youth, but they must take the opportunity to mentor us, to teach us, to us, for us to be able to perform in those positions that they currently occupy so that we do the best ourselves. Um, 
I come from a rural area where maybe I never thought there's a tomorrow apart from the, the mountains that I saw every day. I walked 30 minutes to get to a bus stop, another hour for the bus to get to my nearest school. So if I can stand up for the Africa that I want to see, then I believe that every other young mm. person can do the same mm. and not give up on themselves. Oh, beautiful, beautiful an- uh, analogy there, Tobeka. Uh, Rachel, let me come to you also in a minute, please. Okay, Kathy, uh, I think uh, just to reiterate what we had spoken in, the, what we had stated in the letter, that we are requesting and asking the government to ensure that there's youth involvement, participation and empowerment. We're also calling for a future fund and for an education system to have a lot of critical thinking and problem-solving skills and also end them just profiling and targeting of young people in national security operations. And now to ask the young people, we are the leaders of today. The time is now. May we excel? Let us do the right godly things at all times. And God bless Africa, Kathy. All right, Rachel, thank you for that. Uh, Willis, you'll have the final word today. Go for it. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Kathleen, and fellow guests. Um, I think for me, uh, any policy, any program, any initiative or project that is meant for youth without involving the youth, then it is against the youth. Mm. And we have to address all systemic barriers to youth inclusion, uh, barriers that um, associated with youth access to opportunities in a very deliberate and intentional manner, and not as an afterthought. I think, um, uh, finally, as we take steps to, to move towards a paradigm of more youth inclusivity and more opportunities that can be available to this demographic, we, uh, we need to take a deliberate step to encourage uh, uh, innovative approaches uh, to policy making, uh, to not be afraid to experiment, to determine the most effective ways in which our public bodies and systems can best support and work with young people, involve them in all um, systems of uh, projects, uh, uh, of initiatives, uh, in terms of their design, mm. execution, and review. All right. I think if we do that, we will we'll make a dent towards um, uh, uh, more opportunities for young people. Let me thank all of my guests for coming onto the show this morning and really uh, thank you for, for sharing your views on this very, very important conversation. It's after 11 o'clock. Zolega Godashe has your latest uh, 11 o'clock news update.